0: So Parah turns to Yosef and he says Since Hashem, since God Had made all this known to you Obviously there's nobody as discerning And wise as you To be in charge of the operation that you recommend We undertake You will be in charge of my court And by your orders will all My people be provided for Only the throne Meaning that I'm the king and you're the viceroy Will I outrank you Except for this, Para says, I hereby confer on you the same power that I myself have over the whole Egypt. As a sign that he was making Yosef Viceroy, Para removed his signet ring from the finger of his own hand, put it on the finger of Yosef's hand. He had him dressed in robes of linen, a fabric highly prized in Egypt, and placed the gold chain of office around his neck. He had him ride through the capital city alongside his own chariot in his second royal chariot and they proclaimed before him the king's counselor how wise is he for such a young age bend the knee for him and he was thus given kingship authority over all Egypt. Nonetheless, Pira commanded his subjects to only bend their knees to Yosef and not prostrate themselves before him as would befit somebody who was of king-like authority, because he wanted to retain some indication that Yosef owed his position not to his birth, but to Paro's good will. Paro then says to Yosef, in the presence of the crowd, I am Paro, ani Paro. Only I now wield authority higher than yours. By my authority as Paro, I decree that without your say, no man may lift his hand to bear weapons or his foot, to mount a horse in all of Egypt. When they heard that they too would be subordinate to Joseph, Power's advisors exclaimed, How can you grant a slave slavery over us? Power replied, I see royal characteristics in him. They said to him, If you are correct, he must know all 70 languages, as is expected of royalty. But before they had a chance to test Yosef, the angel Gabriel came and taught him whatever languages he did not already know. After that, no matter what language Paro addressed Yosef in, Yosef replied to him in the exact same language. But when Yosef tried to converse with Paro in Hebrew, Paro did not understand him, because the Hebrew language had been preserved only by the line of Shem, the family of of Semites. When Paro saw that Yosef knew a language he didn't, and therefore was more suited to be the ruler of Egypt over him, he said to Yosef, Swear that you will not divulge this. And Yosef swore to him. This is from the Talmud Sotah. And later on, Yosef had that as leverage when he needed it. Para gave Yosef the name Tzafnat Paneach, he who deciphers the cryptic, and gave him a wife, whose name was Asnat, the daughter of Joseph's former master, Potipharah, lord of On as a wife. Yosef was then sent out to oversee Egypt. Yosef was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He left Pharaoh's presence. He traveled throughout the entire land of Egypt in order to implement his program of storing up produce for the seven years of plenty. Even though he was free to act as he chose, Yosef made no attempt to inform his father that he was alive, which is a huge question why he didn't do that. And Labarach Rebbe offers an answer. He says, For he had been present when his brothers made their pact, forbidding any of them to tell their father the truth about his disappearance until receiving a sign to do so from God. Since Hashem had not given any sign yet, Yosef understood, as his grandfather Isaac had understood before him, that God did not want Yaakov to know the truths, even though at this stage Yosef had full authority to send messengers up to Israel. He didn't. During the 70 years of plenty, the inhabitants of the land gathered grain and deposited in the storehouses in unending handfuls, for there was so much that as soon as one person deposited a handful, the next person in line deposited his Joseph collected all the surplus food during the seven years that now had come to pass in Egypt, and he placed the food in storage complexes in the cities. It was well-known fact that the soil's composition varies from one area to the next. The soil of each locale possessed its own unique properties that enabled it to sustain different crops. It was further known that because of this fact, the crops of any specific locale are best preserved when stored with some of the soil in which they grew. Yosef therefore placed with the food some soil taken from the fields surrounding the city where it had grown. Yosef amassed quantities of grain as abundant as the sand of seas until the treasure had to stop counting. There was so much to count. During this time, two sons were born to Yosef before the first year of famine arrived, born to him by Asnat, his wife. Yosef named the firstborn Menasheh, which translates as the reason to forget, causing to forget. Because, he says, by granting me success, Hashem had made me forget all my past hardships. But this could also cause me to regret, and forget rather, all I held dear in my father's home. Yosef knew that success came with the danger of assimilation. In order not to forget his heritage and family, he gave his firstborn son a name that would constantly remind him Nashani, that I would been left from my father's home. He named the second son Ephraim, which comes from the word fruit, peri, because he said, God had made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Yosef did not attempt to father any additional children after these two sons because he knew that seven years of famine were coming, whereas a single occasional year of famine results from factors connected to that year alone, two or more years of famine indicate that for whatever reason Hashem has temporarily suspended his desire that the world grow and thrive. In such times, he understood that his parable to suspending his desire, it's understood that Hashem wants us to suspend the desire to be fruitful and multiply, and therefore, he chose not to have any more children after these two.